Okay, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to start today in verse 22. We're going to start in verse 22. So if you have your Bibles, let's just get a, a minute in the Word of God together. Such a, a privilege to be able to do this with you. The Bible says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are Christ at his coming. So remember, we're on the topic of the resurrection. And, you know, Paul just makes a contrast here between what Adam brought and what Jesus brought. Adam brought death, right? And that was through his sin. He transgressed the command of God. And as a consequence of that, the words of God to Adam were fulfilled. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And so, not that we're going to talk about Genesis today, but, but remember, Adam was created an immortal being and death was not part of the system until he chose to sin and that the consequence of that sin transferred to every single human for every generation and the only way for that curse to be turned around was for Christ to come this was the promise of God to to Eve and to Adam that um, from her seed the head of the serpent would be crushed and so the contrast here is clear. The result of Adam's decision was death. The result of Christ's decision and his offering on the cross and his resurrection is that he now offers life to all those who believe in him. The resurrection simply means that what is dead comes to life. Right? This, is, this is a miracle. It's a total reversing of the natural process because the natural process never takes something from death to life. It is always starting with life and then ultimately it leads to death. But Christ in His supernatural power has reversed the curse so that even though we may physically die, the promise for those who are believers is that we will be raised unto everlasting life. And I love, you know, just a couple of things here. I love how matter-of-fact the Apostle Paul is. Paul is not talking about myth or fable or fairy tale. This is not conjecture. This is not pie in the sky, by and by. This is not a possibility if you're good enough. I mean, it is a matter-of-fact, right? Even so, in Christ, all shall, in Christ, all shall be made alive. So remember the qualifying factor here to be a part of a resurrection to life is you have to be in Christ. You have had to have put your trust and faith in Him. And if that's the case, then the sting of death is gone. The victory of death is gone. The power of sickness and sin has been overcome in your life that natural process, you know, that the world is seeking to somehow turn around by its own ability and technology and intellect, that will never happen. It has been turned around by one person and one sacrifice for all time. His name is Jesus. So Paul says this is a matter of fact. I want to encourage you today, if you're a believer in Christ, your resurrection is a matter of fact. That's why the resurrection is called a living hope. It's a living hope. You know, we live every day with this confident expectation, not like worldly hope, which is maybe, but biblical hope is confident expectation that what God has promised is going to come to pass. 
you can absolutely bank on it. It is 100% guaranteed because God not only promised it, but He fulfilled the promise through the giving of the Son. And in addition to that, He says there's an order to this, right? Christ is the first fruits. And so, so Jesus, when He was resurrected from the dead, He took as a first fruit offering those who had died before His crucifixion and resurrection, who had died in faith looking forward to Messiah, Christ took those as a people, those souls, as a first fruits offering to the Father. So that was the very uh, first fruit offering. Christ is therefore called the forerunner. He's the one who has gone before us. He's paved the way, you could say it like that, uh, for all who will be subsequently resurrected. Um, and then in addition to that, when he comes again, and I believe that Paul is talking about the rapture, there will be another physical resurrection. Now, some people say, well, pastor, what does that mean? Does that mean that when I die, um, I'm in God's presence, but I'm a disembodied spirit waiting for the physical resurrection to happen? And I just want to touch on this really briefly because I get this question all the time. Remember that we live in a space-time continuum that can't be uh, projected onto heaven, right? Heaven's the time in heaven is very different than time here. Our time is constrained by mass, gravity, and acceleration. Heaven has no time. It's in the eternal now. So everything here on this earth is happening, happening chronologically in an order. Everything that's happening in heaven is happening in the eternal now. It's all happening simultaneously. So from our perspective, while we may see uh, the resurrection happening in phases, from heaven's perspective, there are no phases. So all that to say, when you are standing before the Lord, 2 Corinthians ch chapter 5, you can check this out later. When you are standing in His presence, because when you die, you will be in the presence of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You will not be um, in an unclothed condition or state. You will stand before Him in that beautiful resurrected body that He's prepared for you. So. Just enjoy that thought today, meditate on it, consider it, and uh, live with that expectation that he who promised is going to bring it to pass. Father, thank you. God, thank you for the promise. And today, we just want to stand on the reality that um, you have paved the way, Lord Jesus, and, and we can be confident in this, that, that when we take our last breath here on this earth, we will take our first breath with you in heaven in that new body. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.